0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of 20 Minute Fitness. My name is Charlie and I'm your host for today's show. Before we get into the topic for today, let me just say thank you very much for stopping by and listening to 20 Minute Fitness. I hope you're finding the content really valuable. As usual, 20 Minute Fitness is powered by Shapescale and Shapescale is a 3D body scanning scale. And You simply step on it and a robotic arm will spin around your body capturing all sorts of body data. This data is then synced to the app on your phone and you'll be able to see all sorts of useful insights such as your body fat percentage, your lean muscle mass, your muscle girth measurements and more. So it makes Shapescale a truly comprehensive fitness tracker. It's now available for pre-order on Shapescale.com. And don't forget, 20 Minute Fitness is produced weekly and you can find all the show notes for the episodes at www.20minute.fitness. And of course, if you want to get in touch with us and recommend a topic or give us some feedback or just start a conversation and ask for more detail on certain topics, then don't be afraid to email us at podcast at 20minute.fitness. So now we've got the introduction out of the way, let's get right into today's episode. Today we're going to be looking at the effect of recreational drugs on your health and staying fit. So in particular we're looking at the effects of alcohol, cannabis, cocaine and ecstasy. How can they harm your body? Are they as bad for us as the media make out? This will all be explained in today's episode of 20 Minute Fitness. So we're going to first start off by looking at alcohol because it's probably the most frequently used by people. So actually, the NSDUH, which is the National Survey on Drug Use and Health, it's an annual interview of nearly 270,000 people aged 12 or older, and they were asked about their alcohol and drug use. And in 2016, 50.7% of those surveyed said they were current drinkers. So you can really see how many people are frequently or even infrequently drinking alcohol So I think it's fairly clear that everyone knows alcohol and frequent drinking alcohol isn't exactly the best thing for your health and fitness. And let's explore that in further depth. So alcohol acts as a diuretic and a diuretic is any substance that promotes diuresis, which is the increased production of urine. And I think many people agree when you drink more alcohol, you tend to go to the toilet a lot more frequently. So what's actually happening? Well, alcohol reduces the body's production of antidiuretic hormone, which is used by the body to reabsorb water. And when you have less antidiuretic hormone, or ADH, which is released by the pituitary gland again, the body loses more fluid than usual through urination. So how can we relate this to health and fitness? Well, Amanda Turner, a registered dietitian, has said that if you're more than 2% dehydrated when you start a workout, your performance isn't going to be as good as if you were fully hydrated. And obviously this isn't ideal if we're looking to increase muscle mass or even give this workout our all. So if you are having a boozy night, um, the evening before you work out, your performance the next day, not only because you're feeling worse for wear, but because you're also quite dehydrated, you're never going to have the best performance or the optimal performance. And in addition to this loss of fluid through urination, alcohol can actually speed the loss of electrolytes electrolytes are chemicals that conduct electricity when mixed with water and they have a few different functions they can regulate nerve and muscle function hydrate the body balance blood acidity and pressure and also help rebuild damaged tissue so when we're working out obviously we know that we're damaging our muscle tissue because then it has to repair and rebuild stronger and bigger than before but if we're losing electrolytes through drinking alcohol that repair is not going to be as efficient and examples of electrolytes are things like sodium potassium calcium and magnesium. And if you're significantly losing a lot of electrolytes from a big night out, then this can result in a number of different harmful reactions from anything from muscle spasms to numbness, confusion, dehydration, and it can even slow down your brain function. So you might lose your sense of balance. Um, And in extreme cases, it can actually cause permanent brain damage and obviously, even just looking at the sense of balance, if you're someone who's into a different sport um, and you've been out the night before, again, your performance is going to be affected the next day if you're not nimble and balanced on your feet. As we all know, protein synthesis is vital for muscle development and maintaining muscle mass. Alcohol actually impairs this process, it interferes with your body's ability to grow and maintain muscle. And binge drinking, which is obviously quite common in the UK, can cause a drop in your testosterone levels. And we've already spoken about testosterone. It's the anabolic hormone which um, helps build muscle and even increases cortisol, which is the catabolic hormone that we discussed earlier as well. And it can lead to weight gain. So we can see really the negative effects of alcohol when associated with your health and fitness and the overall vitality of your body. And just backing this up with an actual study, um, a study was conducted in 1991 and it was published in the journal Alcohol and Alcoholism. And they found that the chronic intake of alcohol, so drinking it all the time in excessive quantities, suppressed protein synthesis, as we said, and it caused myopathy. And myopathy is a condition in which muscle fibres do not function properly. It may result in muscle weakness or loss of movement. And this study focused on the long-term use of alcohol, but short-term usage also inhibits protein synthesis from occurring at its most efficient level. I'm afraid the negative effects of alcohol just keep on going. Alcohol is empty calories. And I know there's lots of studies going around at the moment that say one glass of wine a day is good for you as it lowers your risk of heart disease or it increases your levels of healthy cholesterol. And the National Wine Research Institute actually found out that people that drink a moderate amount of wine regularly, particularly with food, even have a 30% reduced risk of heart disease. But with a pint of lager containing anywhere from around you know 180 to 220 calories and wine up to 215 calories, we can see how these excess surplus calories can very quickly add up with very limited nutritional benefits and resulting in us putting on weight, which is obviously not what we want to do in most cases. Just as a side note, I thought it would be interesting to reveal this. So the reason why people are saying that red wine is believed to be potentially healthy in reducing heart disease is because of a component called resveratrol. And that's an antioxidant found in red grapes and blueberries and, and things like that. And it works by suppressing molecules which cause inflammation, as well as compounds in the blood which interfere with the production of insulin. A little bit of a tangent there, but I thought to just give some context to that. So I think everyone knows that alcohol is a toxin, and once consumed, your body really tries to metabolise it so it can remove it from our system. But anytime we are ingesting a toxin, the liver has to neutralize it and it makes the liver work harder and it has an effect on our metabolism. During the metabolizing process, your liver is depleted of glycogen, so your body has less glycogen stores. And Georgie Fear, the author of Lean Habits for Lifelong Weight Loss, Mastering Four Core Eating Behaviors to Stay Slim Forever, has said that this is, so the next morning after you've had a few drinks, because of these less glycogen scores and carbohydrate stores, your endurance tends to be lower. And in addition to a lower amount of endurance, you're more susceptible to getting low blood sugar during athletic performance if you're doing a sport or even if you're in the gym weightlifting. And a final note about alcohol. I think we've all probably felt like if we have a couple of drinks, it might send us off to sleep faster. However, if you are drinking in the evening or having a, you know, multiple drinks, it can actually affect your sleep and hamper it. So it's not actually that beneficial. It affects your rapid eye movement sleep. And if you want to find out more about REM sleep, We've also got an episode on that that was recorded previously. And during REM sleep is where a lot of recovery happens. And we know rest and recovery is so important because this is where our muscles repair and grow back stronger than before and bigger than before. So not only this, actually, REM is where the immune system gets rejuvenated. So that can actually affect muscle synthesis. So all in all, as I've just really discussed alcohol doesn't really have any benefit for your body it just really hampers your performance and will inhibit your progress so try and limit your alcohol consumption as much as possible if you want to make maximum progress in the gym or in whatever sport you're doing or with your athletic performance so before we move on to look at cannabis i thought this is a great time to thank our sponsors for today's episode
1: this episode of 20 Minute Fitness is brought to you by Care of. Care of is a monthly subscription vitamin service made from effective quality ingredients personally tailored to your exact needs. The folks over at Care of were kind enough of to send me some vitamins and I got to try them out for myself and I took their little online quiz which they asked me what my activity level was like, what my sleeping habits were like, um what my diet was like and how much caffeine I was drinking and um, how much sunlight I'm getting, and it takes all of those little information points and it puts together a great combination of vitamins that I can take once daily. Your subscription box includes individually wrapped packets with your specific vitamins and supplements for easy grab-and-go. You'll receive a 30-day supply shipped right to your door and there's no more worrying about replacing multiple bottles when you run out or missing a few days until you can make it to the store. Um, one of the best parts about Care-of is that it costs about 20% less compared to similar brands at local drug and health food stores plus you can have a vegan or vegetarian option for your supplements to match your dietary needs. And those kind people over at Care of were nice enough to send us over a little promo code so for 25% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins, uh, visit takecareof.com and enter 20fit as your promo code. Again, that's visiting takecareof.com and entering 20fit as your promo code for 25% off.
0: So, moving on to cannabis. And in the USA, legislation defines marijuana as all parts of the cannabis sativa plant, which contains over 700 chemical compounds. And the primary active ingredients, as many people will know, are cannabinoids, including THC, and that is responsible for psychoactive effects and is actually the most studied component. So, currently, marijuana is still banned by the World Anti Doping Agency. However, because of its increasing legality in many different states and across the world, really, It's got many people wondering whether using marijuana will potentially become legal in the future. Will it help or hinder our quest for optimum athletic performance and fat loss? And there's a lot of conflicting evidence and even conflicting opinions on the effects of cannabis when it comes to our health and fitness. Some athletes swear by using marijuana because they say it helps ease anxiety and increases their pain threshold, so they can push themselves harder, whilst others say it's going to you know, ruin their motivation to work out, they become lazy, they don't want to do much, and they even get the munchies and end up eating too much. So we'll first start out by looking at the negative evidence and opinions on cannabis in relation to your body's health and fitness. So as mentioned, some athletes have said that it's decreased their motivation they lose their sort of will to inherently achieve their goals so why could this be well researchers have found that the levels of dopamine are lower in long-term cannabis smokers and in those that began using the drug from an early age than those who abstain from taking or smoking marijuana the reason this is important is because lower dopamine in a part of the brain called the striatum has been found to be linked to less ambition and motivation at a neuronal level And in fact, a study was conducted by scientists at Imperial College London and King's College London, and they found that long-term cannabis users tended to produce less dopamine, and they found out this using PET brain imaging. And as I said previously, dopamine is linked to motivation and rewards. You can see why some people would say that smoking cannabis has led to them being less intrinsically motivated, which is obviously not ideal at all if we're trying to achieve a hard fitness goal or on our fitness journey. There is also evidence to suggest that people that regularly smoke cannabis might have less exercise endurance than those who don't tend to smoke the drug. The research in acute effects of marijuana smoking on maximal exercise performance had 12 healthy young adults cycle to exhaustion 10 minutes after smoking a, a joint. And the exercise duration beforehand, before smoking, was 16 minutes at maximal effort. And that reduced to 15 minutes, so a reduction of one minute. So they concluded from this that it could potentially affect your exercise duration and endurance. However, they didn't find any differences in VO2 or heart rate. And further research in a paper called Cannabis and Sport found a number of different physical and psychological repercussions associated with smoking marijuana. Those being anything from mild intoxication to slower reaction times to tendency towards being drowsy, uh, sedative behaviour because you're feeling more relaxed. So you can see how this would... Um, hamper any of your athletic performance if you have slower reaction times that's so key in many different fast-paced sports so although there is evidence to suggest that marijuana does negatively affect our health and our fitness and our body in general there are a number of people who are advocates of the drug Jim McAlpine who is the founder of the pot-friendly athletic event series called the 420 Games as well as the San Francisco-based cannabis-friendly gym Power Plant Fitness has said that when he smokes, it activates his brain and helps him get in the zone. He loves to smoke before skiing or biking or going surfing because it puts him in a place of higher focus. But he does recognise it's not for everyone, but for some people who are more athletic or more experienced, he says it actually has helped him. And he's not alone in thinking this. According to ex-NFL offensive lineman Evan Britton, who has been very vocal about using cannabis for pain management, he says it's helped him connect mentally and emotionally into his body and that allows him to get a more fulfilling workout and obviously everyone wants to get the best workout and feel great in the gym. And there are even doctors and physicians who do suggest using cannabis to help with recovering your from you know workouts or easing pain and even pushing yourself to the to the next level. You have academics such as Jordan Tischler, who is a Harvard-trained physician and cannabis therapeutic specialist. They've said that it's been, as I said, shown to be good for pain and it can be useful when you're training at non-peak levels and it helps you with your endurance. So, as you can see from that quick tour of cannabis and the effects on our body, there is a lot of contradictory information out there and a lot of contradicting opinions so it may be well worth you diving in and doing your own research and obviously before taking any action consult your doctor and ask for their advice we'll now take a quick look at cocaine and obviously we're moving up through the drug classes now with cocaine listed as a class a drug you will have heard from cocaine users that they say they feel more confident or more alert more energetic they have a sense of euphoria and according to some studies, there is some truth in them responding faster, having a better reaction time and becoming more alert due to using cocaine. In 1884, Sigmund Freud showed that within minutes of snorting cocaine, a person can actually contract their muscle with more force and react faster to external stimuli. So he provides an example. A basketball player can dribble faster around an opponent and respond faster to moves that block him. This is because cocaine is a stimulant, it does make the athlete more alert. It makes them feel that they can accomplish more and they're willing to suffer more for it. They have a sense of they can do anything. However, as expected, because it is a class A drug, there are a number of articles which indicate a series of negative effects on the body and your health and fitness, but due to cocaine usage. Studies have shown that cocaine users have hearts twice the age of non-users. Although cocaine is used because it gives a sense of euphoria, regular high-dose users do develop short-term bouts of uncontrolled behaviour or impaired judgement. Impulsive behaviour, that's where that feeling of being able to do anything and uh, overconfidence comes into play. They sometimes even get muscle twitching and convulsions, and they're also at risk of breakdown of muscles, so it's catabolic after a while. Cocaine releases massive amounts of the hormone noradrenaline from the nerve endings. And this can actually cause blood vessels to narrow, so therefore blood pressure rises, and this can cause heart attacks or strokes, and repeated use of cocaine and the repeated narrowing of your blood vessels can cause long-term damage to them. And according to a study in the 2009 issue of the American Journal of Cardiovascular Drugs, cocaine is the main cause of drug deaths in the US, and most of these are related to cardiac symptoms. And that can be anything from, you know, regular heartbeat or the heart increasing, the progression of heart disease, heart failure. So we can see obviously straight away that it can be a very dangerous thing to start getting involved with. But what's actually happening here? So when the artery becomes blocked, the part of the body that gets its blood from that artery is therefore starved of the energy. It's not getting the oxygen it needs. So if you can picture the blood pumping, uh, red blood cells carrying oxygen to the muscles, though the muscle will not get that supply that it needs and therefore it can start breaking down. Another study was conducted on the effects of cocaine on exercise endurance and glycogen use and they tested this on rats. So they had the test subjects, the rats which were injected with cocaine, and they had the control subjects, the rats which were injected with saline. And then the rats were made to run to exhaustion. The results concluded that the rats that were injected with saline actually ran further. And they found out that cocaine administration before submaximal exercise dramatically altered glycogen metabolism. And therefore, this had a negative effect on exercise endurance. Obviously, we have to take into consideration this was conducted on rats. But potentially, we can see that if you are a regular cocaine user as a human and you're also trying to work out hard, you might not be able to have the same stamina and endurance to push through a workout as someone who is not taking the drug. Finally, I wanted to look at ecstasy, or many people know it as the party drug. So again, people take this to party. They want that sense of euphoria when they're listening to music. But according to Mandy Saligari, a clinical director of addiction, once you get that initial hit of serotonin, and serotonin is the feel-good hormone, you get such a big rush of this that you're actually left in a serotonin deficit. And long term, this can actually change your personality. And research at the University of Hertfordshire actually warns that this can increase your chances of depression you've effectively used today's tomorrow's even the days after stores of serotonin and since serotonin levels affect learning sleep emotional processes this can really damage someone and leave users severely impaired there are a number of other negative risks and side effects associated with taking ecstasy for example muscle pain Uh, it can affect your sleep cycle and your appetite you can get low energy fatigue You can even put on weight so we can begin to see that the effects of ecstasy, such as a perceived increase in energy levels or a euphoric state of being, um, the higher pleasure from um, becoming really friendly with people. They don't really offset the negatives. And I think it's clear to see as a summary that despite the the people that are advocates of cannabis and say it helps them uh, train better and ease their pain and push harder in their workouts, we can see that drugs and alcohol, they really do affect our training restricting us from really working out at a maximum level, reaching our optimum potential and improving as efficiently as possible. So I really hope you've learned a lot from this episode of 20 Minute Fitness and realised the sort of negative effect that drugs can have on your training, let alone just not just your training but your actual overall body health with such severe negative side effects such as the risk of heart attacks and strokes and narrowing of blood vessels, we can see how dangerous they really are and why they are classed as drugs and illegal to take. As mentioned earlier, if you do have any questions, or you want to suggest our next topics and don't hesitate to get in touch with us. Follow us on our social media channels and we're looking forward for another episode next week. Catch you later.